Thanks for coming back for another Coffee Shop Conversation at World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason in Portland. I'm Tom D'Antoni, and we've got a special episode today. With me is Oregon Music Hall of Fame member, percussionist, composer, and band leader, Bobby Torres. Now, most of us know Bobby from his many years here in Portland, but not everybody is aware that he had a long and thriving career, first with Joe Cocker's bands, and then with lots and lots of other top musicians. He even with Tom Jones. Did you know that he played the first Woodstock Festival as a member of Joe Cocker's band? Well, today we're going to hear all about it, the behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody but an eyewitness can tell us. Let's dive in. Bobby, welcome to the cupping room here at World Cup Coffee and Tea, our home for Oregon Music News Coffee Shop Conversations. Thank you. Here's what happened. Turner Classic Movies showed the four-hour director's cut yeah. of Woodstock yes. a couple weeks ago. And I watched the whole thing. Yeah. And, okay, so here comes Joe Cocker. And I'm going like, man, I'm going to get to see Bobby. And there weren't any shots of you. There's a shot of me on when he's walking on stage on behind the amps. <sighs> but they, this they, is they, a short shot. They didn't shoot the other drummer. They didn't, they didn't shoot the drummer. All they shot was the the, 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 the bass player and the guitar player, and only because they were singing. Yes. And I was very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but you see me also after he does Mad Dog, and he's walking yeah. off stage, and I'm walking towards him yeah. with a tie-dye shirt. But the only thing they, they, they used in that was a little help from my friends. I know. Yeah. Uh, but I believe Cotillion uh -huh. put out an album, live ah. album, and they put credits. They didn't give me credit, but they gave a guy named Neil Hubbard, uh -huh. a guitar player who wasn't even there. <laughs> and but do you see uh, after us? Um, I tell him I'll show what the song was. I think it was "I Shall Be Released." On the album, you hear Joe introduce me, uh -huh. and he introduced me <laughs> as uh, "Let's Have a Handful, Bobby, Please." <laughs> and for you know, for the longest time, everybody thought my name was Bobby, Please. <laughs> it's true. We used to register me at the hotel as Bobby, Bobby please. <laughs> okay. Well, let's take a step back first. Okay. Before we hear about all, all, all the Woodstock stuff. And how, how did you get up with Joe Cocker? Well, I went to see him. I mean, I heard his album, and I freaked yeah. out immediately because he did Feeling All Right yeah. with a conga player. And then he opened for, uh, at the Fillmore East, mm -hmm. he opened for... Um, Ross Stewart and the Faces. And he came out on the band. He did Feeling All Right without a conga player. Ah. Opening acts, you used to only get about $500. <laughs> and they, what, what they would do was go to a club called Ungano's uh -huh. on 67th Street on Amsterdam uh -huh. and play from Monday to Thursday after playing the Fillmore. And that would pay for the hotel room. So I went down Monday to see him, and I asked him if I could sit in on that one song. <laughs> he said, sure. 
And I was, you know, I was surprised. He said, yes, so fast. I said, don't you want to hear me play? He says, okay. <laughs> so I played a little bit. He says, fine. <laughs> so I played for that one song, and I came back every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh-huh. I played every night that one song. And he would introduce me as Bobby, please. Bobby, please. <laughs> so he left. And next time he came in, he, uh, he headlined. Fillmore. Uh-huh. And uh, I knew where they were staying, so I went up and saw him, and I asked him if I could sit in. He says, sure. <laughs> so I signed in for that one song. He left again, went back to England. Next time he came, he played in uh, Chicago, a place called Kinetic Playground. Uh-huh. I saved up all my money. At that time, you can carry your drums on the plane. Wow. And I had two duffel bags. I carried my congas on the plane. I took the plane to Chicago, took a cab to Connect Playground. They were so surprised to see me. I bet. They were happy to see me, actually. Uh-huh. So I, <laughs> I sat in, and then they said, no, play on a couple of other songs. So uh-huh. I played Hitchcock Railway, and uh-huh. I think that was the only song then at the time. But the funny thing is, after we played, I said, I found a note on the floor mm-hmm. that had, uh, don't worry, things could be better, all these. So I thought, wow, he's trying to tell me something. So I went up to Joe. I said, well, thanks for giving me this note. You know, he says, what are you talking about? I said, I'm to show them it. And then... Uh, Joe took the note and said, what's this? And he showed it to the other guys. He said, oh, that's a set list from the other band. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so after that, he made me permanent member. Yeah. From, from Chicago. And then we, we went out to Los Angeles. And, and when was this? Huh? What year was this? 68, 69. Okay. You know? Yeah. And then he went back and he said they would fly me to England. Mm. You know? Uh He would get in touch with me. So I got my uh, passport and he flew me out to uh, the first time out of New York (laughs) to Europe. Went to the French Riviera. (laughs) Now, how old are you now? How old were you then? Uh, about 23, let me see, 20, 25. Wow. Yeah. 68, I was 25. Yeah, it was an eye-opener there. I mean, the the hookers <laughs> were, I wanted to take home to my mother. And it was so beautiful. <laughs> and I couldn't, I, I was so afraid. And the, the bartender says, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I was really shy at that time. <laughs> so we did, uh, at that time in England, we did um, Tom Jones' show. Uh-huh. Um, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore had a show. Yeah. We did that show at the um, French River. It was a medium festival. Was that the Beyond the Fringe show, or was that just the, the thing yes, that they did? Yeah, that, that was Beyond the Fringe show, yeah. 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 I found them hilarious. Of course. 
they were hilarious, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then uh, I did an album with Spooky Tooth. I played <laughs> on their album. And there was another group. While you were over there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I met a lot of people when I was there, was over there. I'll bet. How long, was, how long were you over there? About six weeks. Wow. We uh, stayed out in Berkshire, uh-huh. which is about a mile, two mile, two miles from where Stevie Winwood was uh-huh. rehearsing his band. And they took me out there to see him. Man, I couldn't believe Stevie Winwood, man. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. What a talent that guy is. I mean, I saw him playing an organ playing bass notes with his feet, had the other foot on the volume pedal, <laughs> left hand playing chords and soloing with his right hand, and singing. <laughs> See, Jesus, who's this freak? Yeah. <laughs> so were you, were you getting to know Joe at, at that time? Oh, man. He took me over his house in Sheffield. Huh. Met his mother and father. Really? Yeah. What were they like? Gentle people, very nice. His mother kept on calling me Tommy. (laughs) And Joe says, it's Bobby. It's Bobby, (laughs) Mom. (laughs) And then from his bedroom window, he showed me the outhouse (laughs) where he used to go. And that's where he came up with the arrangement for a little help from my friends, he told me. Is that right? Yeah. In the outhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, we're making news here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> but before we went, and we, we we played Woodstock before we went out there. Before you went to Europe. Yeah. Okay. So, what was how, what, what what's your recollection of of hearing about Woodstock for the first time? Nothing. It was just another gig. Another gig. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they uh, we couldn't get to Woodstock. They uh, they drove us up to Liberty. Uh-huh. Uh, which is about, I don't know, about 20 miles from Woodstock. In, in a bus, and cars, and what? Yeah, by cars. And uh-huh. then uh, yeah. everybody who was an artist playing Woodstock was in at the hotel. Uh-huh. I mean, some, I'm walking through the lobby, and Jerry Garcia is sitting on the couch, <laughs> and yeah. 10 years is after it was having an argument with the guy because he wanted to bring his girlfriend on the helicopter and they wouldn't allow it. Shana and I was all over the place, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So we t- they flew us by helicopter, an army helicopter. Wow. And it had a big portal about as big as this two windows here. And uh, when we got on the plane, on the helicopter, uh, Chris Stanton had taken acid. Oh, geez. That's that's a keyboard player, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was Bruce Rollins on drums, Henry mm-hmm. McCullough, Alan Spenner on bass. Henry McCullough was a guitar player. Yeah. Beautiful cat. Yeah. So what had you heard about what was going on there? Well, they said there was a big concert, but yeah. I didn't, you know... I was like, you know, when they took us to the helicopter, there were two cars. Joe was in another car, and I was in a car with uh, Henry McCullough and Alan Spenner. And they, I was sitting in front 
next to the driver. And there's another guy sitting who was also part of the driving. And as we're driving towards a helicopter, the uh, the guy in the back, she says, uh, Chief, well, how long are we going to take to get to the helicopter? This is uh, about five or ten minutes. And I heard Chief. I said, oh. I said, You're, are you a fire, a fire chief? He said, no, I'm the police chief. <laughs> All of a sudden, you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> I had a, like a quarter ounce of hash in my shirt pocket. <laughs> and, I mean, when, as soon as it, it went silent, the, the police chief says, hey, he gave out two things of peace. Peace sign, yeah. <laughs> what a relief. So Christina, like I said, took acid. And when the helicopter was like, yeah. making a lot of noise, yeah. it was powerful. And he got sick. Oh, no. And he, he got nauseous on the, plane, on the helicopter. Oh. And he crawled on his belly as we were flying over the crowd. No. Put his neck out of the the portal that we get off of and threw up over the crowd. Oh, jeez. Oh, And he no. came back. I feel much better. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So had you heard that it was, you know, the, any of the, 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 the stuff about stuff that was going on there? or? Uh, yeah, it was on the radio. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the publicity was, by that time, I, I was realizing how big it was. Yeah. And then when we got there, um, we're walking backstage, and John Baez was there and uh-huh. came up to say hello to Joe, imitating the way he sang. <laughs> you know, I remember that. I well, think, look, she could fuck with Dylan. She could fuck with anybody. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Jefferson Airplane was on just before us. Now, this was on the Sunday. Yes. This was the last day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Huh. huh. And uh, before we went on, I mean, I mean, all you can see is people forever. Yeah. And they had these speakers that were about 300 yards beyond us so people can catch the same uh-huh. as we're talking. They can hear at the same time rather than hearing uh-huh. the delay. There was a delay? Well, no, there wasn't because they had the speakers oh, set oh, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can, you know, yeah. all the way back there, they can hear it yeah. at the same time. Huh. But before they introduced Joe, they introduced the owner of the uh, the farm. Max Yasker. Yes. Yeah. And this guy had was a farmer who had a, uh accident at his farm where he cut off two of his fingers, the middle finger and his uh, ring finger. And um, they introduced him. And this is the owner of the farm you were on, Maxi Asgar. Everybody, you hear, you know, a smattering. And then he took his hand and waved, and everybody (laughs) thought it was a peace sign. (laughs) And it was like Willie Mays hit a home run man. Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden man, it lifted me up off the stage really it was that loud wow it was that loud wow I remember that 
like it was yesterday, I was amazed at the sound yeah. of that, that many people. Was that when you really realized how special it was? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, we played our set. I mean, that and the end of Joe's little help for my friends. Mm-hmm. I, I, they have uh, online a list of the set list. Is that how you remember it? Um, yeah, we did a uh, an instrumental. Uh huh. But it was just one instrumental, I believe. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Those are yeah. And the and the band didn't have horns. No, it was just the five That's of us. That's interesting. Six. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, I I played on something's coming on. Oh yeah. no, it came out. He introduced me after "Do I Still Figure in Your Life." Uh huh. And I played "Feeling All Did Right." Did he introduce you as Bobby? Please. Yes. Really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. And then I played on uh, I Don't Need No Doctor. Uh-huh. Hitchcock Railway. Yeah. And Something to Say. Uh-huh. And then I went off the stage, and he did a little help for my friends. After that, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, he's always been phenomenal. Yeah. And after that, I mean... As soon as he stopped, you hear thunder. I mean, it's like an omen. <laughs> I mean, amazing, amazing. It's like real thunder, not 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 vocal thunder. Huh? Real thunder. Real thunder. Yes, real not, thunder. Not, not yes. vocal thunder. No, it yeah. was real thunder. Yeah. It's like God was applauding him. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm, I, wow. I mean, I've seen him do. Uh, a little help from my friends. I mean, uh-huh. that was like A. Yeah. But I've seen him do once uh, when he took acid. And we uh, Fleetwood Mac opened for us. Uh-huh. And Peter Green was with him. And I was off stage with Peter Green and saw him do a little help from my friends. And both of us were freaking out. Oh. Because he was so... Uh, I mean, just powerful. Yeah, he's always been powerful. Yeah, he, was, uh, was he that powerful at, when when he was off stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, he uh, was. Uh, you know, there's a thing on um, Netflix about Joe Cocker, Mad Soul. Yeah, which really doesn't depict him the way I knew him. You know, like I knew him from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. You know, knowing his family. and Yeah. I mean, this guy was the most gentle guy you ever want to meet. It was like a teddy bear. Huh. I mean, after uh, Mad Dogs, he spent a week with me in my pad in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And every day he would get up and sit in the corner, legs going up and down. Not saying the words get up in the corner every day did the same thing he'd go to the bathroom 
for three hours. And we say, where's Joe? I try to open the door. He's on the floor just looking up at the ceiling. I mean, this guy had a nervous breakdown after Mad Dogs. Ah. I mean, Uh, uh, mean, uh, the betrayal of all the people he trusted. Yeah. I mean, it was about a $500,000 tour. Yeah. And he only made about 20000 Uh. I think even that much, I don't know. You know. But he definitely was betrayed by his friends. Did he talk to you about it at all? No. He was yeah. like gone. Yeah. He was gone. Yeah. We slept in the same bed for wow. a week. Wow. You just get up and do the same thing every day. Yeah, he was... After that, it's like he was, uh, he was gone. Huh. Drank, and, you know, trying to forget, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's all I can estimate. But. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Did he go back to England a- after that? No. No, he stayed there, and then he did that album with uh, Jim Price produced. Yeah. Which he had a real, Jim Price, really hard time. Because Joe, Joe was always drunk and he didn't give a shit, you know. Were you still playing with him then? No, no. 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 Huh. After that, I just hung out, saw him every once in a while. I went to see him when he did that release uh, at the Roxy. Uh-huh. Oh, it was pitiful. Because he was, Henry McCullough showed up. Yeah. And they both got drunk. Oh. And they did the, uh, <laughs> he did the, uh, the gig at the Roxy, and mm-hmm. he did the song called The Moon's a Harsh Mistress by mm. Jimmy Webb. Yeah. And Jimmy Webb was playing piano. Huh. <laughs> there was a line in it, I fell down. I, on my heart, I dreamt I lost my start. Mm-hmm. I think that those were the lines. Yeah. And Joe was up there, and every time we'd sing a, a line, he stoop, like he's on his, you know, like he's on his, like he's sitting down, but yeah, not, not sitting down, just right, right. stooping on his, you know, mm-hmm. and then he s- straight up again, sing another line, go back down again. Uh. And then when he came to that line, he says, I, I fell down on my, I fell down on my heart. I looked up and I saw her balls. Oh, <laughs> That's man. what he said. Oh, man. Huh. And Jim Price, he was also there on stage yelling at him, saying, get up, get oh, up. Jeez. <laughs> you know, and then they finally just, yeah. Jim, Henry McCullough comes right on stage. So I was singing with them. They just pulled them off stage. During the Woodstock days, um, uh, did he give you directions about what, what, what he wanted from you? No. Really? Never. Really? Never. Huh. Never. Huh. He just, he let me do what I wanted. You never, ta- his- never, ta- never talked to you about your playing or anything? No. Huh. No, they loved me. <laughs> they really did. I understand. I understand that. Everybody you know, loves you, but... They um, didn't, when we were in England, after we did that, and we, in England, they broke up the Grease Band because 
they said the drummer uh, kept on rushing. Huh. So that's why they broke up the band. Huh. And I stayed in England about a week. Uh-huh. And then I just, you know, I just didn't feel right. Yeah. And uh, I flew back to New York, and then that was their second gig with Mad Dogs. And I looked them up, and I said, let's go. Let's, I want to be in it. He yeah. said, no problem. Let's go. All right. He put me on the band. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, how, how did you know exactly what to do? I mean, do you know how you know? I mean, people, a lot of people don't know how they know, but... Just one of my instincts, yeah. You know, uh-huh. um, on Hitchcock Railway, I played cowbell. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> different rhythms. Uh-huh. You know, just went with the music. I was lucky that I had that instinct. You know, I mean, I, I really didn't know anything about reading or understanding what was going on because uh-huh. on the way to Fillmore East we got into a cab and you know at that time you used to put that little switch down and you hit <laughs> you know <laughs> on the on the meter yeah and Bruce Rowland says oh he's playing 16 notes there. <laughs> Proper 16 notes. I'm thinking, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> you know? I mean, my my musical... Um, education came a lot from them. Really? Yeah. Huh. From huh. Henry McCulley, he showed me the guitar. Uh-huh. You know? Uh Tell me what triplets were. Uh-huh. I said, those are triplets. I interpreted it <laughs> as a guy falling downstairs when he's drunk. This is just stuff that came natural to you. Yeah. 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 And after Mad Dogs, I mean, I mean, when I first joined them, I was very insecure being a Puerto Rican in uh-huh. New York, yeah. being prejudiced right. and you know, yeah. poverty and all that yeah. crap, you know. And uh, once I joined the Grease Band and seen all of a sudden how popular I became, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, overnight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> How come they're not hating me or how, you know, calling me a speck or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that that wouldn't even talk to me before are calling me, hey, buddy, buddy, hi, how you doing, buddy, buddy? Can I meet uh, uh, Joe, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that turned my head around completely. I went from inferiority complex to arrogance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who can blame you? <laughs> no, I mean, that, that took me two years to get over that, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, yeah, you had it going, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he actually changed my life. Yeah. He actually changed my life, him and Leon, uh. you know. When, when did you start to consider 
how we think of Woodstock now as, as the, 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 the cultural touchstone that it is? Uh, you know, it, it became a big deal. Yeah. You know? Well, because it was a big deal. Yeah. We went to see, I went with Joe to see the rushes of him doing a little help for my friends. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a small room, about a row of two seats and mm-hmm. a, uh, a screen about, I guess, about this half of this size. Yeah. Which Ooh. is about, I don't know, 20 by 30. Yeah. You know? And I'm watching it, and I'm going, Jesus, <laughs> I'm freaking out here. Yeah. I'm sitting right next to Joe, and I'm hearing, I said, holy shit. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, I was in awe, in yeah. awe. Yeah. And this is the type of guy Joe is at that time. We finished the show, and I'm thinking, I'm walking with Joe Cocker. <laughs> Jesus, I, I know this guy. Holy sh- Holy smoke. <laughs> And he looks at me and he says, Bobby, I'm sorry there was more of you in the film. I'm saying, what are you, crazy? I'm walking next to you. What are you, crazy? I mean, this is how yeah. his mind was. Yeah. Never saw him angry. Never saw him angry. It would always be, um, it was always something bothering you. It would always start with, uh-huh. um, what do you think, uh, you know, I mean, he was actually, to look back at it now, really abused, being a lot taken advantage of him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Of course, for the, the audience, the people who were there and the people who weren't there but wanted to be there, it was this realization that there were millions of people like us and that, that we weren't, you know, hippies. We weren't, we weren't isolated. We weren't Because a lot of those people came from all over the country, and they were like the only people in their town who looked like that or who thought like that or who acted like that. And that was, the, that was, that was really important in that way, you know? Yeah. Because you, you didn't get that while you were there. No, no. No, of course I, not. I was just freaking out being there just yeah, with him, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, he became like a good friend. I mean, yeah. Like I said, took me over his house. His mother met, and, you know. Huh. Reflecting back on it, yeah, there was, you know, the times. I was so gentle with me. He's always was gentle with me, you know. Even when Mad Dogs, he was. When we were in England, uh, I stayed at this hotel, and I met this hooker, and um, she had a girlfriend who was Scottish. <laughs> so I told Joe, oh, you got to come with me. you got to meet these girls. <laughs> and he came reluctantly with me, uh-huh. you know. He was really a, a shy guy. Really? A very shy guy. Wow. You know. He wouldn't mess with girls unless they messed with him. I mean, at that time, he'd yeah. wind up being with the girl. <laughs> Not the Scottish girl, which was a beautiful girl, yeah. but the one that I had met, she says, I want to do him. I said, please do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Jeez. 
was a beautiful cat. Uh, what was it like? You know, did, did you spend much time backstage at Woodstock? Or did you just fly in and fly out? No, we flew in and fly out, you yeah. know, you know yeah. in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Because huh. they had to transport us back and then pick up somebody else and bring them yeah. in. Did you, you fly know? through the thunderstorm? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's, it subsided quite a bit by the yeah. time we get out there. Okay. You know. Yeah. But... They are. They were announcing people get off the poles. You yeah. know, get off all yeah. these things. That's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's amazing that I had. I met all those people there. I walked out amongst the crowd, and I met some of my friends that I lived with in Queens. What? Yeah, I walked right into them. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said. I mean, doing it was weird. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, the whole thing was a magic event. Jeez, did they know that you were with with uh, with Joe? Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they knew. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did did you, you? So I guess you hung out with them for a while. Yeah, just you know, sat yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, before we went on. Uh huh. You know. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Then I ran back and yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I forgot all about that. <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> think talking about it. <laughs> I bet they don't forget about it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know it's funny at that time. Um, I mean, it's drug crazy at that time, and when Joe was singing and his gyrations. Uh -huh. Um, people didn't realize that he was just imitating the guitar or the keyboard. Oh, I thought that. You know? I always thought that. He was people, playing air guitar. Yeah, people yeah. In, in New York didn't. Oh. They thought he was on heroin and oh. <laughs> they were communicating. He was communicating with them. Oh, jeez. That's because they were fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I always thought he was, he was doing air guitar. Yeah. I never thought anything else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, we didn't call it air guitar back then. Yeah. yeah. But that's what it was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he used it like, sort of like to keep his, maintain his consciousness uh -huh. about what was going on behind him. Now, could he play guitar or keyboards? He played drums. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's a drummer. Ah. Yeah. Ah. He did a... Uh, he would come up songs and sit on the drums and start singing the songs, <laughs> you know. I remember he did an arrangement of Wake Up Little Susie. Really? Yeah, it was <laughs> phenomenal, <laughs> you know. How could he do both both harmonies? Huh? How could he do both Don and Phil? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. He didn't, just did it just himself. Did it, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> that was great. I mean, at that time also, uh, at the Grease Band, Chris Stanton, man, he was constantly playing, constantly uh -huh. practicing his piano. Because uh -huh. originally he was a cello player. Wow. Yeah, and played huh. unbelievable cello, huh. you know. And he's one of those, you know, mental freaks, nerds, you know. Yeah. That he would play 24 hours straight. Uh, he would take, uh, I guess it was at the time, the Zoxans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
and stay up all, you know. And right. We'd go to a gig, and we played a gig in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Where he was totally messed up yeah. under his oxen. You know, he was twitching. He kept oh, looking geez. over his shoulder, you know. Around that time, I liked Black Beauties better because you could yeah. sail on those exactly. motherfuckers. Exactly. Tell you the truth. He would do those too. <laughs> he would do those too. I had a gig in L.A., a TV station. Didn't know what. They threw me in the pool. I had no idea what I was doing. I had to learn everything. I just, but okay. One of those little things. I sail right through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went to did this gig in New Jersey. Yeah. There were three bands on before us. Uh-huh. It was sort of like a high school. <laughs> and they kept us in a locker room. <laughs> and in this locker room, they had these uh, these bulbs mm-hmm. against the wall with these raw iron things on top of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, there was an amp on the floor. And while we were waiting... Uh, Henry McCullough says, oh, there's an amp there. And we picked up the, he picked up the, and there was a t- no plug on it, oh. just two wires. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> so Chris Stanton. Oh, no. Mr. Nerd. I mean, freaked me out. He said, oh, okay. <laughs> he took the raw running thing off the bulb, turned the bulb off, <laughs> poured water on it, turned it back on, the bulb exploded. And still had the filaments on it. <laughs> Took the two wires, hooked them up to the filament, and the amp went on. I, man, I was blown away. Blown, <laughs> this is something out of James Bond, I thought. Uh-huh. So were all the other guys in the band from England? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Henry was Irish. Uh-huh. Yeah. Beautiful cat. And they had been playing with Joe for a, for a while? Yeah. Chris Stanton was the original guy with Joe. Uh I mean, Uh Joe was so protective of him. Yeah. When we did that gig um, in New Jersey, the first band went off, and Chris, being so messed up, thought, oh, we're on. He runs out to the stage, and there's an orchestra pit. Oh, no. And he runs off the stage and falls right into the orchestra pit. He comes back hopping, limping. Oh, we, it wasn't us. The same thing happened again. The second band goes off. Oh, we're on. He runs out, oh, falls right into the orchestra oh, no. again. Third time he did it. People start applauding him. They thought it was part of the act. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we got... We're, we're in the limo on our way back. We stopped for a gas station. Chris jumps out of the car. He says, where's the hotel? Where's the hotel? <laughs> She's looking for his room. Oh, man. Are these guys still around? Huh? These guys still around? Chris? Or any of them. I don't know where Bruce is. Yeah. Uh, Henry McCullough, I'm not sure he's still alive. He had yeah. a stroke yeah. a couple of years ago. Um. And I saw his guitar on sale. Wow. That's Les sad. Paul. That's sad. Yeah. Alan Spenner used to play with Roxy Music. Uh-huh. When I was playing with Tom Jones, I ran into him. Uh-huh. And he was gone. He uh-huh. was gone. Because uh-huh. he had married some lady that in New York, and Uh-oh. she died. 
Uh-huh. And after that, he was. Uh-huh. And he, he passed away about a year later. Uh-huh. You know, Chris is with uh, Eric Clapton. Still? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he survived. Yeah. The guy. Yeah, he the was at the. Three jumps into the orchestra pit. He's yeah. the one who sur- who who survived. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you. Yeah. yeah, and we saw each other at the tribute that. Yeah. Derek Chuck and Susan did, you know, and I reminded him of that. <laughs> that New Jersey gig. He said he didn't remember it. Didn't all. remember it. No. Oh, he said, but that's something I would have. Did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <sighs> yeah. So how are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good. You know. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, it's going to be 50 years in about a year and a half. Or Till year from three. from Woodstock, yeah. Yes. You know, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Summer of '69. You know, I I, I tried to go. And I got in the got it got in our VW Bug with my wife, and we got about an hour and a half out of out of Baltimore, and she had an asthma attack, and we had to turn around and go back. Oh, I know. It's all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be there. Um. So that's what a. What, this is uh, this is great. This is really terrific. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad your memories are so vivid. <laughs> yeah, well, those those like the, like I said, that Max Yasgar and Joe Sending yeah are imprinted. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. only because of how I felt when that crowd reacted to you yeah know, to both Joe and Max. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it really was. It felt like you're floating on air. It really did. Wow. You know, I was no longer standing on a stage. Huh. You know, it was that powerful. Yeah. It was really that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Got any gigs coming up we can talk about while uh, you're here? Oh, uh, playing um, trio gigs now, you know, from um, 12-piece band down to trios. You know, um, playing cha cha chas in uh-huh. October twenty seventh, and uh-huh. where am I? October twentieth at Riverdale with Barbara Lush. That's good. Yeah, the nineteenth I'm doing a tribute to uh, a benefit for uh, Puerto Rico uh-huh. at the Trio Lounge. Uh-huh. Where else am I playing? I had Dan Gaynor in here last week. He was talking about you. I love that guy, man. <laughs> I know him since he's 19. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's smarter than me. Man, that guy's a whiz kid. He yeah. reminds me of Chris Stanton, his brain, you know, because yeah. he's yeah. nerdy, but at the same time, you know, yeah. <laughs> constantly playing, constantly practicing. When we saw playing together, he was, I mean, he's triple what he when we start playing. Yeah, yeah. He keeps on getting better and better and better. Yeah. Well, all right, listen, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, you coming in and, well, and talking, about, talking about the, your experience uh, there. I think it's important for us to document these things while we're still on Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can do it and I can record it. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate it. And it's nice to talk to somebody who's older than me. Good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks a lot.